listener production. It's Groundhog Day for US and European markets. Stocks slide as interest rates march higher. And Aussie shares expected to fall on Wednesday with the Aussie dollar slipping to an 11-month low. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 4th of October. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, another grim day. Let's run through the numbers. The Dow down by 1.3%. The S&P 500 down one5 The Nasdaq down 2%. We're recording at 6am, give or take. Uh, with the markets closing at 7 a.m. Sydney time. European markets got a bit of a tailing as well. UK market down a half of 1%. French market down a percent. German DAX down by a percent. It's ugly. Certainly is at the moment. The Boncano continues, Tom. (laughs) And we did (laughs) see the US 10-year Treasury yield up by 12 basis points to 4.81%. That's the highest level since October 2007. And the two years up by four basis points to 5.15%. There was some savage moves in interest rate markets. The Canadian 10-year was up by a quarter of a percent to four and a quarter. That is a big move. And that's when you see double-digit moves for bond yields, you kind of need to buckle up. You do indeed. And what we're seeing at the moment is the higher for longer interest rate repricing continuing. That's driving the bulk of the move at the moment. There's worries about supply in the United States. Of course, we have seen the US Congress reach a deal to avert a government shutdown. That's reduced demand for safe haven US government debt. And then at the same time, there's longer term worries about oil prices. There are premiums being adjusted in these markets. So uh, the growth premium being taken out of stocks, and there's definitely a risk premium being priced into uh, interest rate markets. And that's essentially the nub of it. Would you agree? Absolutely. And we did see those long duration assets under pressure overnight, those mega cap technology shares in particular. So with the yields in 10 year and 30 year US government bond yields hitting the highest since 2007, that pushed the likes of Apple, Tesla and also Alphabet lower between one and 2%. I think that's one of the things that stood out in the S&P 500 is when, when, you, when you look under the bonnet, which is what we do when we see big moves like this, we try to unpack why the market's behaving like this. It was only the utilities sector in the S&P 500 that managed to improve. And as you might imagine, when interest rates are rising, real estate stocks, consumer discretionary stocks, uh, information technology and financial stocks uh, all got marked down aggressively. So within that catchment, Amazon was down by about 3%. Tesla lost 2%. Home Depot down by about 3%. Airbnb down by about 5%. So It was a broad-based sell-off, Tom, and the renewed weakness in US bank stocks is a reminder that problems that plagued the banking system early this year have not gone away. We saw Goldman Sachs shares down by 4%. It was the biggest drag on the Dow Jones Index, which incidentally has now turned negative for 2023. I would almost say that even though we saw some economic figures last night I mean, I suppose that's the thing about the markets, Ryan. You have got the ability to fashion a purse out of a sow's ear every day. You can make the information flow almost line up to whatever case you're trying to make uh, intellectually about what's going on in the markets. The job openings and labor turnover survey, the JOLT survey that we look at monthly quite closely these days because we want to get that ground level feel for what's happening in a job market. That increase in jobs in the last month you could make a case that that was a catalyst for, or one of the catalysts for the sell-off where interest rates are concerned. Well, it certainly contributed to a wall of worry, Tom. The job openings, a measure of labour demand in the United States, they were up 690,000 to 9.61 million in August. That's the biggest lift in over two years. So 
The issue with this, of course, is while it's good for workers, we saw a big lift in demand for workers in professional and business services in particular. This still points to a tight labour market, and that could compel the US Federal Reserve to raise interest rates as soon as next month. I suppose when you just um, retreat a little bit and look at the bigger picture here, this survey in particular has been gradually declining for the last couple of months. And you, with that sort of improvement, you could make a case that perhaps it's bottomed out now and that the labour market under these circumstances remains incredibly durable. It's almost indestructible. You can't underestimate the US economy. And ahead of the official jobs figures on Friday, this move today is perhaps the market's just building in a little bit of an insurance policy against a strong number on Friday, perhaps. Perhaps, yes. So what the market's currently expecting is 170,000 jobs to be added in September with the unemployment rate unchanged at 3.7%. It's worth pointing out that Wall Street's fear gorge, the CBOE volatility index, or the VIX climbed above 20, its highest reading since late May. So it's a turbulent market at the moment. We're seeing a sell-off across equities and also bond markets. Unsurprisingly, surveys that we see that are defined by sentiment, very shaky at the moment. And I mean, I'd normally not quote the Investors Business Daily uh, sentiment survey, but this monthly measure saw its lowest reading in 11 years when it came to uh, the Economic Optimism Index. The six-month outlook was at a record low, and the Financial Stress Index was at the highest level since the GFC. So, I mean, I think these equity markets are holding up reasonably well under the circumstances, um, but the sentiment that you see underlying a lot of um, these measures is scorched earth. Yes, and it, it all comes down to what happens with US Treasury yields and bonds at the moment. So we've got an air pocket at the moment in the US 10-year Treasury yield between 4.5% and 5%. So we're at now 4.8%. That is, as I mentioned, the highest level since 2007. But if we get to 5%, that would be the highest since 2001. And then the next level after that would be 7.5% in 1994, <laughs> which was the last big bomb dislocation. And that's when we had the Mexican peso crisis. Yeah. Well, or was it the tequila crisis? One of the two. The sectors that, or the stocks that did well last night were the defensive names. Procter & Gamble up by half of 1%. Kimberly Clark. They make tissues appropriate today, I suppose. Uh, 1.6% Dollar General, the discount chain of stores up 1.5%. But it's not universal. So Coke was down by a percent, McDonald's down by a percent. Energy stocks did quite well. Slumberger, as the Americans call it, although that's not the way it's spelt, up by a quarter of a percent with uh, energy stocks benefiting from a recovery in all prices last night, which we'll get to in a sec. But uh, the European experience wasn't great last night either, Ryan. No, we did see European share markets sink to fresh six-month lows. Utilities dropped 2.7% to 11-month lows, pressured by the prospect of higher interest rates. Miners were down 2.6% as copper prices dropped to a four-month low. So we did see the FTSE Euro First 300 index down 1% for a second consecutive day. The UK FTSE 100 index was down 0.5%. And in Germany, the DAX was down 1.1%. Similar themes to what we saw in the United States, a 10-year government bond in Germany, or a Bund as it's called, up four basis points to 2.96%. Let's move on to what we can expect locally. The ASX 200 is expected to open lower, but uh, down by half of 1% according to the SPY futures at the moment. As I said, we've got an hour left to trade. The RBA yesterday had an opportunity, did nothing with it. 
Yes, we did see the first statement from new Governor Michelle Bullock, but the statement was almost identical to September's. There wasn't really any new information in it. She said that, again, we need, may need further tightening of policy to bring inflation to heel in a reasonable time frame. So still a tightening bias there. We don't expect the Reserve Bank to move at the Commonwealth Bank in the near term. But of course, there are other economists out there that are waiting for October the 25th for the Consumer Price Index for the September quarter, and they may move on Melbourne Cup Day if that's higher than expected. The Aussie dollar has been toweled up, hasn't it? Absolutely. The Aussie dollar dipped from 63.31 cents to lows of 62.84 cents, currently at 11-month lows at 63 US cents. The US dollar is at an 11-month high at the moment. So the Aussie dollar is under pressure. We did see iron ore futures down by 1.4% to 118.44 US dollars a tonne. Another reason for some pressure on the Aussie dollar, despite the fact that we did see thin trading due to China's Golden Week holiday. The price of oil is noteworthy because it rapidly rejected the $93 mark uh, a day ago, got towards $88 US a barrel and has recovered uh, quite smartly overnight. So it's back up. It's uh, not quite back over the $90 mark for West Texas Intermediate, but at $89.23, it's a pretty decent recovery. It is up 0.5%, the US NYMEX. So we did see a steadying as far as oil is concerned after it hit three-week lows. But of course, the gold price has been in focus too, down 0.3% to seven-month lows of 1841.50 US dollars an ounce overnight, Tom. And if we look ahead to today, we've got the Services Activity Purchasing Manager Index here in Australia. That won't move the needle. Novonics is expected to release earnings. Shares of KMD Brands, which is formerly Katmandu, they trade ex-dividend could be lower. And CSL pays its dividend to investors. And importantly, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand hands down its interest rate decision around lunchtime. Everyone's a bit happier over there after the All Blacks won on the weekend. And we're expecting to see the central bank hold its key interest rate at 5.5%, but it's likely to stay in watch, worry, and wait mode with inflation still at around 6%, Tom. The days ahead, challenging, culminating with the employment report in the US. Stay with us. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. This podcast is prepared, approved, and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting, and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.